morning. This morning, God is going to fill some of you with His Holy Spirit for the very first time. You may have never encountered what we call the presence of God or one of my favourite theologians calls it God's empowering presence. You need to know the Spirit of God because Scripture is actually full of God's intended plan that once His Son came and died on the cross, was resurrected and ascended into heaven, that He would send His Spirit to guide, to comfort, to teach, to correct, to actually live inside of us. And Scripture talks about us being filled, being full of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, some of you are going to encounter the Holy Spirit, maybe for the first time, and it's nothing to be afraid of. I'll tell you my little journey about how I encountered the Holy Spirit and some other stories that I've personally witnessed of people uh, for the first time being filled with the Spirit. And also, I really feel that God wants to encourage and bless some of you who've encountered the Holy Spirit in the past, but maybe it's been quite a long time. Maybe you feel a little bit disconnected or dry from God's presence and you just need to be touched again. So if I could use one word to describe the Spirit of God, it would be the word love. In fact, in Romans, it talks about the love of God is put in our hearts or shed abroad in our hearts in the older translations by the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes we, you know, you might hear stories about when the Spirit comes on someone and different sort of strange things happening and you get a little bit maybe suspicious or even afraid. But actually, what the Holy Spirit does is fills us with the love of God. In fact, some people, you know, I I used to be involved with, with Alpha, helping churches run Alpha. And some people who experience the Holy Spirit on Alpha, they just describe it as an overwhelming sense of being loved for the very first time. The Spirit comes in very different ways, and I'm going to show you some of those different ways um, in a few minutes from Scripture. So the Holy Spirit is really the expression of God's love to help us live our life every single moment. And so we, we, we all have, as Christians, if you're a Christian here this morning, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but the big question is, are you filled or continually filled by the Holy Spirit? So think of it this way, I don't know about your house, but you know, the Melbourne winters get quite cold and in my house we have a gas heater. And I I liken it like a gas heater that has a pilot light, you know, that little light's always on. And so that's like every Christian has the Holy Spirit in them. So as soon as you make a decision to disciple your life after the teachings of Christ and to pattern yourself after his commands and to dedicate your life to him, the Holy Spirit comes into you. You don't, always, you don't have to feel it. There's not necessarily a sensation. But the Spirit of Christ is often what Paul calls it, comes and lives in you. But some Christians you meet, well, they're just full of the Holy Spirit. And it's like when, you turn, when I turn my gas heater on to heat my house, you get that whoosh, you know, it sort of comes alive. You can actually hear it or you can visually see it. And so, you know, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul tells, now listen to this, this is a church meeting in a home in Ephesus. And Paul says to them, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, he contrasts it with not getting drunk with wine, which was an issue within their uh, culture and the other forms of worship with other gods they had in their city at the time. They would actually get themselves drunk thinking that was a spiritual experience. And some of those people had come out of those other religions. And so Paul makes this contrast. He says, don't get drunk with wine, 
but instead be continually filled with the Spirit. Now, the word filled in English creates this sort of image of like if I have a glass and I have a, a, a jug of water or some sort of liquid and I pour that liquid into the glass, that then once you've got a certain amount, you can be no longer filled. If that glass is full, then whatever else I pour into that glass is just going to flow over the side and effectively not be any good to the actual filling of the glass. But actually, the way the word is used in the Greek language in the New Testament, the word fill is actually more about a sailboat. And so you can imagine the old, the old um, traditional sailboats they had for fishing, and they'd have a sail, and if you unhur- unfurl the sail and the wind catches that sail, what happens when the wind fills that sail of a little fishing boat? It pushes the boat. It propels the boat. It actually dictates where the boat goes. And effectively, that's the word that Paul uses when he talks about being continually filled with the Spirit. It's not that you get more of it or less of it. In Christianity, we understand we all have the Holy Spirit already. The question is, is your sail in the direction of the wind of the Spirit? Are you being, well, to use Paul's other phrases, are we led by the Spirit? Are we walking with the Spirit? Are we living according to the Spirit? So it's not we get more or less, we all have the Holy Spirit, but sometimes you need the wind of the Spirit to catch your sail and fill you again, to propel, drive and dictate what happens in your life rather than you sort of pull down your sail and not let the Spirit anywhere near you. And we've all met Christians who have the Holy Spirit and those are really full of the Holy Spirit. You can tell the difference, can't you? They, they, you know, they're radiant, aren't they? Um, the Holy Spirit flows through them into other people. They'll often um, minister into the life of somebody else. And it's not that they're different from you or me or they're more special for, you know, from God's point of view, from you or me. It's just that they're continually being filled by the Holy Spirit. So the question today is simply this. And go to the first slide. Thanks, Adrian. I'm simply posing the question and going to show you biblically how you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, as I said, I think a number of people will be filled with the Spirit. You really encounter God's living presence, perhaps for the very first time. And this has always been God's plan. In the Old Testament, there was a, a prophet called Joel. And Joel actually prophesied just a few hundred years, about four or five hundred years before Jesus came to earth, that he said, God will pour out his spirit on all people, male and female. And it talks about some people having dreams, other people's having visions, other people prophesying. So this is not sort of an addendum or some sort of second or backup plan that God had. It's always God's plan to actually send his spirit after his son had come. In fact, Jesus himself said that. Jesus said, when I go, I will send you the Holy Spirit. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as another helper. Some translations use the word in English, counsellor or advocate. So just as Jesus was our helper, advocate, counsellor, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that he sent to live in us and to teach us and to guide us and propel us is the, does the same work that Jesus did in the same way, in the same spirit, if you like. And so when we talk about having the Holy Spirit, it was always God's plan. And if you've never encountered the Holy Spirit in a real living way, you'll be amazed at how much difference it makes in your life 
when you really, you can literally feel physically the presence of God. And, and it comes in various forms, which I'll describe in a few moments. So how does it happen? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm going to re- refer to the book of Acts and some scriptures will come up on the screen here. Because really, Acts is uh, almost like the history book of the first century church and how the apostles and the disciples and, and their disciples and the small churches that started to get planted first around Jerusalem, then in Antioch, and then spread through the known world at the time, is how the Holy Spirit came upon them and what sort of people did the Holy Spirit fall on. Because sometimes we can feel that, well, I'm not worthy to receive the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, we sort of feel, why would God do that for me? I'm nothing special. And so I want to firstly show you just very briefly, three different types of people on which the Holy Spirit filled. So here's number one. The next slide, thanks, Adrian. Some were actually longing for the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we, if you read Acts chapter 1 and 2, you'll have the story of the apostles waiting for the Holy Spirit to come on them as Jesus had commanded them to. But we also have in Acts chapter 8, I find this very interesting, a group of Samaritans that the Holy Spirit comes for because they were longing to be filled with the Spirit. So you can see the the verse on the screen, or you can look at your own translation. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaritans had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Now, Samaritans, from a Jewish point of view, are half-castes. They're unholy. They're not the sort of people that, you know, the the religious sort of um, Jewish people were expecting the Spirit would come on. Samaritans were a mixed breed and so they weren't fully Jewish and they had a whole lot of other races mixed into them and they had their own temple, they did their own form of worship towards God and here we have the first group of Samaritans who accept Jesus Christ and so when the apostles heard that that had happened, they sent Peter and John to actually go and see them. We'll continue to read. When they arrived, that's Peter and John, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply, I love the the word simply in there, it's like they'd simply been baptised, it's like uh, that's not enough. Um, They'd simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now that might describe you today that you're longing to receive the Holy Spirit but it just hasn't happened. Maybe no one's actually stopped and prayed with you. Um, whatever the reason, but if you desire the Holy Spirit to come upon you, it will come upon you. And, and that, that, could be, that could describe who you are right now this morning. The second one, let's go to the next slide. This is one of my favourite stories in all of Scripture, is Saul who became the Apostle Paul. Some people, they resist the Holy Spirit. In fact, they're fighting against it. So the story of Saul... The first time we hear about Saul is in the, early in the book of Acts, actually at the death, the first martyrdom of the early church when Stephen is killed by the Sanhedrin. He's stoned to death. And there's a little reference that there's a young man called Saul watching on and collecting the coats of those who kill Stephen. And then, of course, you know, we know the next time we hear about Saul a few chapters later, he's now a, a fully developed rabbi. He's actually teaching the Old Testament law, the Torah, and he's actively starting to oppose Christianity. In fact, he works totally against 
the development of the early church, the apostles' work, because he doesn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Now, the irony of God, let's face it, you know, some people talk about Arminianism and, you know, is a predestination, but look, the irony of God is if God wants you, your number is up. You can be working against him, you can reject him, you, you know, you can talk bad about him, you can tell other people how wrong it is, and all of a sudden, in fact, I have a friend of mine, he lives in um, America, originally from the UK, he tells the story of how he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he was just standing and talking to somebody, not interested in the Holy Spirit, and some people, a family had actually tried to encourage him to receive the Holy Spirit, he was, he was, in, the, he was in a bikey gang, um, he wasn't interested in God and the Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit, and this is his words, not mine, came through the window and knocked him to the ground, like literally. Now, he's a big guy. It takes a, takes a bit of strength for the Holy Spirit to knock over a big bikey guy. But then he, then he encountered the Holy Spirit even though he was resistant. So here's the interesting thing. That might describe you. You know, you have some concerns, you don't really understand it, or you just this God thing's really not for you. But you know what? If God wants you in his family, the Holy Spirit can come on you instantaneously. So some of you will know the rest of the story of Saul's journey before he becomes what we call the Apostle Paul, is he's on the road to Damascus. And look, in some ways, Jesus had enough of his persecution of you know, his, 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 his early church. And so this loud voice appears, knocks him off his little horse and turns him blind for a few days. And Jesus says to him, why are you persecuting me? And he goes blind. Now, can you imagine going blind for about three days and um, instant hearing a voice but not seeing anything? So even the other witnesses, Luke records that story and says the other witnesses didn't see anything but they all heard this loud voice, stop persecuting me. And all of a sudden he's blind. So... Now he's blind for a few days, but God sends Ananias to go and pray for him. And so this is the story where we pick it up. If you look at in Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. This is where uh, Saul was. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he sent me that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that just amazing? You know, if someone was working against our plans and purposes, would we want the best for them? But Yananias says, well, that Lord Jesus you, know, that you met on that road who blinded you, he sent me to actually lay hands on you so you'll see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And look at this. Immediately, something like scales fell from Paul's eyes or Saul's eyes and he could see again and he got up and was baptised. So that's talking about water. So he had a water baptism, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So you can be longing for the Holy Spirit, or you can be totally resisting what God wants to do in your life. And sometimes God just, he just wants you, and, and you'll be his. Uh, so you can be any of those two types of people to receive the Holy Spirit. Here's the good news. It's not about whether you're worthy, whether you feel you're righteous enough, it's got nothing to do with you. It's a gift from God to fill you and to lead and guide you for the rest of your life. It's a total free gift. None of us are worthy to receive even the, the blessing of salvation through Jesus Christ. None of us. And it's the same when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not dependent on anything that we do. And so you can be longing for it. You can be resisting. 
um, what God is doing. And here's the third group. Next slide, thanks. Is Sometimes you've just never really heard anyone talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. You know, we reference it sometimes during our other services, um, in connect groups, or maybe talking to other Christians, they might talk about it a little bit. But actually having a, a, f- a full sort of teaching on the Holy Spirit is sometimes we love Jesus, we want to follow God, we consider, them, consider ourselves a Christian and we're discipling ourselves, patterning our lives after the teachings of Christ. But we've never really heard about the details of this Holy Spirit. Well, that happened in the early church as well, and that could be you today. So you may not be resistant or you may not be longing. You may have just never heard of all the details of this Holy Spirit. So Paul now goes to Ephesus, and Ephesus is one of my favourite New Testament books. I've actually been to this city, and it's just incredible. I wish I could show you some photos. They've They've only dug up about, I think, about a fifth or an eighth of this ancient city of Ephesus and it, we were there the whole day, Sue and I were there the whole day, went to the, amph- the amphitheatre where Paul preached to the crowds in Ephesus and he goes and actually, he hears that there's some disciples in Ephesus, it's just an incredible huge city, it's not this little village um, that you, you might think it is, it was a massive port city and so Paul goes there because he hears some dis- disciples there, so let's look at this in Acts chapter 19. Paul took the road through the interior and he arrives at Ephesus There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Not a great question. So you believe in Jesus, but have you received the Holy Spirit? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. So that's the baptism of water, referring to John the Baptist. Paul says, well, John's baptism is a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus and where Paul placed his hands on them, this is the guy that also got filled with the Holy Spirit a few chapters earlier, when he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and listen to this, they started to speak in other tongues, they started to prophesy and we're going to talk a little bit about what does that mean in a few minutes as well. I got filled with the Holy Spirit as a young boy. I was about six years of age. And in fact, when I was a little child, my mother um, went through a, a pretty sort of horrid separation and divorce with my father. And she was in a real crisis. And so she started going to church. She had a friend um, who invited her to church. And of course, being the five, six-year-old, well, one out of three at that stage, I hated going to church. So, in fact, my first memories of going to church is my mother pulling me by the hair to get into the door of the church. And the church that we first went to was um, it was a church in Kew. And some of you, some of you um, who have been around a little while will know Hal Oxley, who was running the church. And so, I hated going to church. I didn't want to go every Sunday. Literally, my mum would drag me by the hair into the church. But I remember hearing about God's love in Sunday school and uh, um, they offered does anyone want to get baptized and so first you know this just the prompting of the spirit I think I just said oh yeah I'll, I'll give it a go you know six-year-old I was only I was either just nearly turning six or just six I can't really remember the exact date but I thought I'll get baptized as a little boy and so the day came my mum didn't have to pull me by the hair that day to go to church because I was quite keen to get baptized that day um, the minister, Hal Oxley, he put me into the water and as I went under, 
when I came up out of the water, I was speaking in another tongue. So I, I didn't even know about it. How, can a, how do your five, six-year-old describe about the Holy Spirit? And so it's, it's different for everybody. One of the great things about the way God works in our lives is there's, you can't box him. You can't pigeonhole him. It's about his purpose and his plan, not about what you think should happen or whether this person deserves it or whether I think I should get it. And so, you know, my story's very, very unique and I've always encountered the Holy Spirit since that day. Now, I was, some of you know some of my story, I was not a good boy after that either. Ended up in a boys' home in Beltara, which is called Parkville these days. Um, but I always had the Holy Spirit with me. And so it doesn't matter how you get it. So whether you're, you know, resistant, longing, whether you've never heard about it, like a little boy like myself, who just can't, un- can't even comprehend the details or the theology around it. So, you know, I think sometimes we get so concerned in our Western expression of Christianity about teaching everything exactly to the finest detail before we do anything. But in actual fact, that's not the story of the early church, is it? And that's not my story of encountering the Holy Spirit. How can a five, six-year-old boy um, understand or comprehend the theology of the Holy Spirit? You can't. But does God, is that an expectation before God will, will fill you again with his Holy Spirit? Certainly not. And so part of my, my passion is that you will encounter the Holy Spirit and we just don't teach theology. Now, you know, my, my gifting, you know, in terms of um, a church leadership gift is a Bible teacher. That's what I love. I love studying scriptures and understanding the original language and how to practically apply it in our culture. That, I, that just it gets me up in the morning. But even I have to be cautious that we just don't teach because really... The development of the church after Jesus ascended to heaven was always about the move of the Holy Spirit and power encounters that were unexpected and unexplainable. So even in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit first came upon the apostles and they started speaking in other tongues, the people around them thought they were drunk. Because how can, you, know, you can't explain that. So we have to we 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 got to be careful that our expression of following Jesus and coming together as a group of believers doesn't just turn into formal teaching all the time but that we are encountering the living God who wants to actually have an he wants us to experience him firsthand not just have a lot of head knowledge about him or just to know how to re, recite um, different Bible stories theologies or how to pray really good sort of sounding spiritual prayers those things we need, you know, we need to know that, but that's not the only thing. We need to live and walk according to the power of the Holy Spirit. Always God's plan. Always God's plan. And the Holy Spirit's available for anybody, whether you're longing for it, whether you're resisting God, or whether you've never really heard about it. It's not, it's not about you being sort of ticking all these boxes. You just have to open your heart and say, well, God, if you want this for me, I'm, I'm ready to receive it. It's really just a heart issue. So how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's go to the next slide. It's very, very simple. In fact, you won't believe how simple it is. You just ask God. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. Lord, fill me. Come now, Holy Spirit. In fact, if you just pray that prayer, come Holy Spirit. Just say those you know, three, four words, come Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will come on you. You just have to simply ask God to receive his Holy Spirit. So here's, um, 
in Luke chapter, I love Luke. In fact, Luke gives more theology of the Holy Spirit than any other New Testament author. We often think it's Paul, for those of you who are more mature Christians. We think it's, we think it's Paul because Paul wrote the most number of books in our New Testament. But in actual fact, Luke wrote more of the New Testament than any other author. So Luke Acts combined um, has more words than any other author. And in fact, if you read his Gospels, it's filled with the Holy Spirit. So he talks about the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus at his baptism. Then he talks about the Holy Spirit driving Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Then it says, then Jesus came back full of the Holy Spirit and went to the synagogue and started teaching. Luke is very concerned with the Holy Spirit. You get to Acts, it's the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And so I'm not not sort of um, putting down Paul's teaching on the Holy Spirit. It's just as important. But I think because, you know, uh, Luke is a gospel and then it's like an historical narrative, we tend to forget his theology of the Holy Spirit is very, very strong. So here's just one verse where he says, If you then, though you are evil, this is quoting Jesus, Jesus is talking to a bunch of people, and he, he basically says to them, Even though you're evil, you know how to good, give a good gift to your own children. So you're not perfect, you're sinners, but you know still how to give a good gift to, to the children that you've given birth to and that you're raising. Then he says, Jesus, this is the words of Jesus, well, how much more, my Father in heaven, if you asked him for the Holy Spirit, wouldn't he give it to you? If God is perfectly good and you ask him for a good gift, the Holy Spirit, well, of course he's going to give it to him. That, that's from the words of Jesus. And of course, Luke was one of the disciples. He was there when Jesus actually said that and he records those words. It's interesting actually following the life of Jesus and the teaching of the Holy Spirit around him is, of course, when John the Baptist sees him um, walking past. So the first time, you know, Jesus goes and gets um, his, his, his cousin John the Baptist to baptise in water. Then it says a few days later, he's, John sees Jesus walking by and listen to these words. John says about Jesus to his own disciples. John had disciples. John says, seeing Jesus walking by, he's the one that will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. I baptise in water, but he's the one that will what? Baptise you in the Holy Spirit. And so this is God's desire for us, to be filled continually with his Spirit. So all you have to do is ask God. It, I think it's really that, that simple. Now here's a second point I'll give you. Go to the next slide. Thanks, Adrian. Sometimes you just need someone to pray with you. Now, biblically, they talk a lot about the laying on of hands. And that's just simply, you know, some, you don't always have to have someone put your hands on you, but it's more about someone coming, coming to you and saying, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? So sometimes they lay hands on you, sometimes they won't, they'll just pray for you. But it's not that the, that person who's ministering to you or praying with you is any more special or unique from God's point of view than you are. It's just that sometimes God uses somebody else so like with Ananias and Paul, or like Paul in Ephesus, God's just using someone else as a conduit to actually fill you with the Holy Spirit. But it has nothing to do with them. They're not more holy or righteous, more deserving. The Spirit of God is literally just flowing through them and filling you. And so, But sometimes we just need someone to pray with us and we just prepare our hearts and we just see what God wants to do. So that could, be, that could be your story. All you might have to do today is just ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And we are, in a few minutes, we're going to have a time of ministry. 
and we're just going to have some people come and pray with anybody who wants to encounter the Holy Spirit. And so we just simply, they might lay hands on you, they might have a word for you from God, and you just, you just simply respond to whatever God wants to do or say to you through that other person who's ministering to you, but they're not more spiritual than you are. It's simply God using them to bring his plan and purpose into your life. And same with my story. Um, in fact, Sue, come up here. I, know she, I haven't warned her about this, so she's not going to like this at all. But we were talking yesterday in the car about how she got filled with the Holy Spirit because her story is quite different to mine. And I just want to, I'm just simply, I'll, get her, I'll ask her to share. You'll have to pray for me because I might be in trouble at lunchtime. But <laughs> I'll get her to share what happened to her because it's totally different. And just to explain that we, we, it's not nothing to do with her or with me. It's simply about what God is going to do in any of us. Um, I had been, I was 17 and I'd done HSC that year, which is year 12. And it was about, it was later in the year and I had asked the Lord, I'd accepted the Lord into my heart when I was uh, 11. And I'd asked the Lord for the Holy Spirit and I'd kneel down at my bedside and ask the Lord. And the reason being, we had gone from a church where the Holy Spirit wasn't evident. We were in a church of Christ and we'd gone to uh, this uh, this church that was just amazing, a, a CRC church and, and people were just different there. And so I, I would, in the quietness of my room, kneel and say, Lord, fill me with... Well, I didn't know what to say, but the same as what they had, basically. And... Um, Nothing was happening and I was sort of looking, you know, why isn't God filling me? And do you know my, I had a, I've got a Down syndrome sister and she was three and God filled her. And I'm thinking, why, why? And also my brothers and sisters because I'm the oldest of five and she's the youngest. And why is she speaking in tongues and I can't? But then uh, my dad said, we're going to this tent meeting and I said, oh, I don't want to go. And he said, yes, you're coming. And I'm not coming, Dad. Yes, you're coming. And I'm 17. I'm thinking, oh, you know, why is he dragging me along? So I went and I was not happy. And at the end of the service, the and so I wasn't in a good state, as you can understand, because I'm mad with my father. And uh, at the end of the service, the minister just came up, the minister from the church that we were going to, but he was there at the tent meeting. He just he said to me, do you want what the rest of your family have got? What your sister's got? And I said, yes. And, you know, and God just touched me. And it was amazing. And as Greg was talking, I was thinking of the way he, had, the Holy Spirit came on him. And even our son, is it's, it's a different way. The Holy Spirit, I, I used to pray for our children at night before they'd go to sleep. And one night, our son, he was three, just started speaking in tongues. He might have even been two to three. And I ran, ran and got Greg and I said, I think he's speaking in tongues. Can you come in? And sure enough, Greg said, yeah, the Holy Spirit's on him. It was amazing. Not that I'm the tongues expert, let me tell you. But uh, he was, he was. So we're all different. And Pastor Nick, I know you're going to come up and share as well. Why don't you come up as well? Thank you. So it, look, it's, it's not about age. It's not about intelligence. It's not about your worthiness. It's simply that God wants all of us to encounter his Holy Spirit. And so I know you've got a bit of a story yeah. as well. 
I think most of you have heard my story, but it seems that I was dragged too as a kid, not by the hair, um, but by the ears, literally. And, um, it, you know, I grew up in a, in a time when um, in church life and in what we call Pentecostal church, um, we used to actually have meetings just to pray for the Holy Spirit. We used to call them tarry services. And they were every Friday night. And my mum would literally drag me to church. Um, we have to catch two buses. And I would sit right at the front because that was the safest place because all the pastor did was walk up and down the aisles. You know, most of you know the story. And um, you know, I, I definitely didn't have my heart right. I definitely wasn't even wanting the Holy Spirit. I wasn't even aware of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't even saved, actually. And uh, there was four young guys with me, and uh, one of them was telling us all jokes, so we were all laughing. So we were in no spiritual frame of mind. Let me tell you, there's none. Uh, if anything, the jokes weren't that good. But anyway, not that clean. But anyway, the pastor saw me and came and beelined me, and uh, you know I thought he was going to cop me off and re rebuke me. But he just began to share the love of God, which is really interesting because that's what, the, what you said about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is about God's love. And he wants to empower you with his love because love is the greatest thing that we can have. And so um, he, he began to pray for me. He told me the story of salvation through his prayer and began to prophesy over me. And no one had ever done that. But he began to actually tell me God's purpose for my life. I was 11 years old. Isn't it interesting that even at 11, my spirit could understand? Not up here, because the Spirit of God, just like love, goes beyond your intellect. How many of you know sometimes you love somebody and you don't understand why you love them? Who knows what I'm talking about? Like, you know, I love my wife, don't understand too much about her personality sometimes and the way she's been brought up in the country. But love goes beyond all those boundaries and so does the Holy Spirit. And so he began to talk to me about the love of God. I began to weep and he prayed and then he left and then I began to find myself, it was like for me, this is for me, that's why everybody's experience is different. So is love. Every one of us here has a different story about love. And so for me, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I felt this, it, it was like a, a, a surge of, of, of God's love. Just, just overwhelmed my, my physical being and my emotions. And then I did begin to speak in a language I had never, ever, ever been educated in or experienced or had knowledge of. Now, some people have a problem with that. And sometimes that's the very blockage that can stop people from actually receiving the Holy Spirit. And we get caught up in that, but, you know, over the years, the Holy Spirit has showed me, because I actually inquired and said, God, why is this? And it's, I think it's just a simple truth. You know, if you went to China, you'd have to speak Chinese. Uh, I speak Italian, io parlo italiano. Oggi vado a casa e mangio lasagna, ravioli... You're understanding where I'm going with this. I'm talking about lunch. And so, so if I go to Italy, I speak in Italian. So if I speak to God, why is, it, why is it so foreign to us that maybe there is a spiritual language that we might not understand, but to connect spirit to spirit, 
Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, sometimes we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to communicate with God. But our spirit does. And our spiritual language arises. And so don't get overwhelmed in that. Don't get fearful about that. Just let God be God. And you can see God do some amazing things. I, I would long, as a pastor, I really long that our church doesn't just become a, you know, a, 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 an organisation. This is not just an organisation. This is a spiritual body. It's the body of Christ. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit working through our church, then what happens is we do just become another organisation. And the Bible talks very clearly that in the last days there will be churches that have a form of godliness and yet don't know his power. I want to know his power and I want to know everything that God has for me. Stay up, stay up here with me. So... We're going to come around a time of ministry right now and um, the last point I just want to make is you will experience God's power but that could take different, a different forms. So, you know, I've, I've shared with my friend who has, has felt the love of God, the, my other friend who sort of fell over when the Spirit came through the window and literally knocked him down, my story, you've heard Sue's story. But listen, you don't get caught up in the personal manifestation of how the Spirit feels when it fills you again or fills you for the first time because that's not got nothing to do with any of us. In fact, in Corinthians, Paul talks about how the spirit, there's only one Spirit but it, he uses the word manifest or shows itself in different ways in different people. But it's the one Holy Spirit that does it. And so, you know, whether you speak in a heavenly language you've never spoken before, uh, whether you just, um, some people feel an, a sensation of warmth, like a real heat. Other people I've spoken to, they feel that overwhelming sense of being loved. Some people fall over because the presence of God is so strong when it comes on them. And so it's not, it's, it, there's no gimmick here and we're not trying to make any one particular experience happen. That's totally what God wants to do. And how you experience the Holy Spirit is different sometimes to the way I might experience the Holy Spirit, but it's the one and the same Spirit filling us all, leading us all, guiding us all. And so why don't you stand right now with us? And if you would like to receive some ministry to, re to encounter the Holy Spirit, why don't you come forward? And look, I don't mind if it's if you've never actually experienced the Holy Spirit and that's you, why don't you come forward? Or you just haven't had an encounter with God for some time, I want you to come forward as well. I'm going to invite our ministry team. We have a ministry team that's going to come out. So it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter whether you feel you're ready or you're right or, or you know, you've tried it before and it hasn't worked. Um, I had another friend. He used to, every time there was an appeal to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he would go forward and nothing would happen. And he used to get so angry with God. And then probably about six months after him trying and trying a few times, one day he was just walking down the street, praying and talking to God, and the Spirit just came on him. And that's again because it's got nothing to do with us. And so why don't you come forward? Who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Can the ministry team come out as well? That'd be great. We don't want you to be nervous or afraid because it's just the experience of the love of God upon your life. In fact, I, I feel that there's some people here, you really want God to speak to you. There's something going on in your life and you need a word from God. Why don't you come forward as well? Is there anyone else there? 
We're just going to yeah. wait. Can I, can I just yeah. say something about, I think, that happens in our meetings is we try to rush things because of time. And, you know, it's interesting because in the Bible in Acts, that she says they had to wait. And I just feel that there's people here. I don't, I don't want to push this because it's got to be a response from the heart. Uh, but I do sense there are people here that God's drawing. And if that's you, please, please feel comfortable. Feel Just take that step of faith. Let God guide you. And I know that He will bless you today. Is that okay, Fanta? I'm so glad that this young lady, you're walking down the front because I had a word for you. Uh, one of the things that comes with the Holy Spirit is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God's been drawing you for quite a long time. And, you know, His hand is upon your life. And, uh, you know, I just feel that there's some decisions that you need to make. But even today, as people pray for you, there's going to be some clarity in your life. Not only is there going to come clarity, but some things that have been hanging on to you are just going to be broken. Is that all right? Does that make sense to you today? Isn't that fantastic? Why don't we give God praise just for a moment and thank Him? Do you know, because, you know, hopefully over the next couple of months, I'm going to be teaching about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. God wants to empower us for his purpose. So why don't we do that? Why don't the ministry team just begin to move and we're going to just pray with people. It's fantastic that we've got these folks here. Why don't we just begin to pray? Maybe you guys can just sing that song. Why don't we all pray? Could you do that if you're maybe just standing there today? Uh, why don't you just for a few more moments, why don't, why don't you just begin to pray to the Holy Spirit yourself? You know, it's important that you yourself stay continuously filled with his spirit. God bless you. Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ.
leave behind your regrets and mistakes Comes a day there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness.
to receive prayer, I would invite you to come forward. The Lord is doing some incredible things and it's really a time, you know, don't let this opportunity pass. If you really feel God speaking to you, you know, sometimes you have to put yourself in the arena where God is currently working for you to actually connect with what he wants to do in your life. And that's one of the reasons we actually come to church, not just to to hear teaching or to sing songs in worship and praise, but to connect with our God. But what I'm going to do, I'm just going to close the official part of the service. So if any of you need to leave or go and have a coffee over there, but feel free, the ministry time will go on a little bit longer. But let me just pray for all of us before um, I officially dismiss this part of our uh, service. Father God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit lives in us, speaks to us, guides us, And Lord, my prayer is that we would continually be filled and led by the power of your Spirit. Father God, not just today, not just this one talk around your Spirit, this one time of ministry through your Spirit, but Lord, may we be a church that's led and empowered by your Holy Spirit. And Father, even this week, may there be people that dream dreams, have visions, hear your Word. Lord, get filled with your Spirit. Lord, I pray, Father God, that we would continue to be led by the power of your Holy Spirit in every single day, not just today being a day that we gather together on Sunday, but even tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, whether at work, at home, in our neighbourhood, with our family. May we be Spirit-led, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. May the Lord bless you. Have a great week.